Hey, uh, after walking 1,000 kilometers in the Camino de Santiago during a three-month vow of silence, I came to the conclusion I know very little about something I love. Love. So I've decided to reach out to various love gurus for help. Uh, Susan, how are we saying your last name, Jet? Is it Stabile? Jet. There we go. Don't question it. You just asked her. Yeah, you were listening. My voice went really high there. Uh, she is the author of The Path Between Us, an Enneagram Journey to Healthy Relationships. And uh, I would read her entire bio, but I've already ripped her off a bunch of time, and I don't want to read her bio. I want to get into this right now because Tim and I are both fours. Yes. Both fours, and we really want to know who we should be with. Because if you can't be with the one you want, no, if you can't love the one you want, then love the one you're with. Is that how it goes? Or number two, I think. I don't know. Anyway, Suzanne, thank you so much for your time. I know you're you're an in-demand person, so for you to give us this amount of time on the Drew Marshall Show is delightful. Where are you right now? I'm in home in Dallas. Home in Dallas. Listen to that sweet accent. Yeah, I knew you were going to say something about my accent. Well, it just makes me want to want to take a drink like Jocko. Remember, uh, that was his name uh, <laughs> on, sh- from Dallas. Or shoot it? someone. Or shoot someone like Bobby. Um, <laughs> well, it's all a dream, though. Don't worry. Yeah, that's right. Suzanne... Uh, Please tell me, can you, do you have any dirt on Ian Cron? Can you just give me some dirt, please? You know, we have an agreement not to do that. Uh, man. Sorry. Man. Because he's a yeah, four. Life's hard. He's he is, a four. He, he does identify as a four. And you uh, just talked about being there with a four and about what number should be with what number. And I think the trickiest spot on the Enneagram is two fours together, actually. That's why Tim and I fight so much. Hey, Tim? Pay attention, Tim! Uh, I love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that what I was supposed to no, say? No, yeah, yeah, you just didn't even... You weren't even listening. I'm trying to learn... Never mind. So, listen. Uh, are, this is, I don't like... Suzanne, I don't like being a four. Fours... Why? Because they seem like the suckiest category on the Enneagram. You Every know? number feels that way except for one number. Oh, really? Which which number yeah. loves being that number the most? Eight. What are eights again? Uh, aggressive, the boss. Oh, yeah. That's who we're yeah. supposed to be with? No. Would you Not just supposed no. to stop talking? I just want to make sure. <sighs> so is there... So, I know that's dangerous territory to say, oh, well, th- this number should be paired with this number. Because the reality is if you're in a healthy state of whatever type you are, right, on the Enneagram typing... Um, stuff, stuff. Uh, then it doesn't matter what number you're with, as long as you're in the healthy category. Is that fair? That is very fair. Okay, it's not helpful to me, but it's fair. Is I there? I think it would be pretty helpful to you. Well, no, because everybody wants to know. Well, come, they just Suzanne, just tell me who I should be with. You know what? What enneagram number should I, is going to be yeah. the best for yeah. me? Right? They just pull out your crystal ball and just tell me. Do they all have to add up to something to be <laughs> yeah, the right? Yeah. It's not, it's not neuro- numerology. People are just so afraid of uh, making relationship mistakes because they're so painful. And I, I think people are actually looking for um, who can I... I think people are often asking, who can I complete myself with? Or yes. Yes. who can I... And those are the wrong questions to ask. What are the right questions? We want to know the right questions. Well, the right questions are, who am I and how can I best be in a relationship with whoever I encounter? And then how can we walk beside one another? And I think the key to Enneagram wisdom is that people just are unaware that there are nine ways of seeing 
and nine ways of processing how we see, and they're very different from one another. And once people have some information that becomes maybe wisdom, then they understand that whoever they're with is not seeing the same thing they're seeing and isn't going to process what they're taking in in the same way. And it actually is very expansive rather than reductive, and it, it makes things much more fun. So ideally, with your book that's coming out in April, I believe, we're giving everyone a little teaser here, The Path Between Us, an Enneagram Journey to Healthy Relationships. Ideally, you wrote this because you want everyone to get along with each other. But make it a more, give me some more handles on that. How, if, if, if someone is struggling in their marriage or their, you know, their date, the romantic world, whatever it is, how is this book going to actually help them out, do you think? Well, it's practical in a lot of ways. I talk about uh, specific issues with each number with the other eight numbers. And I give examples of ways to be mindful of the other and respectful of difference and ways to kind of meet in the middle between those two things. But the big thing about the Enneagram is that we all look kind of alike, and until you start to do this study, you don't know how different we are. And so we have lots of expectations that just can't be met. And once people understand why the people they love do the things they do, then that lowers the expectations significantly. You know, one of the um, lines that I hear a lot when I'm working in recovery communities is that expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And it doesn't eliminate expectations to know the Enneagram, but it changes your expectations once you understand other ways of being in the world. It has helped me tremendously. I, I just I feel like I should be getting a commission check from my pillow and the Enneagram people because <laughs> because I, I I think one of the reasons this has helped me a lot. I just had a great discussion with uh, Gail from the Enneagram Institute uh, the other day, and it's helped me because typically, especially as a four, the the individualist, read up the the personality type if you'd like. I will take this new information I've discovered about myself, Suzanne, and I will then pick it up like a big stick and bash myself with it. Oh, you're such a tool. How could you? All these years and you didn't know. And of course, blah, 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 blah. And, and, I, and I'd slip into victim self-pity stuff. But what this, this, this inanimate information has helped me sort of roll my eyes, look at myself in the mirror, roll my eyes and go, oh, you're such a four, Marshall. And I sort of chuckle at it now. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely, it does. And, I, you know, your number is the most unique of all the numbers, and I think there are fewer fours in the world than any other number. So there are a lot of people who don't even really know a four well. And I think your contributions are um, kind of obvious in your bio because you uh, experience life rather than read about it or... Uh, just talk about it or think about doing something about it. You have loads and loads of experiences. Um, you're adopted, right? Yes. Me too. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, mine was a really good thing. I don't know what Yeah. Oh, saying, yeah. No, no, no. But... Mine was a good thing too. I just, I'm filled with regret for two reasons. One, um, I, I, um, I, I was given the best chance by the best family ever, and I just treated them like garbage. And my mom died before uh, my life started turning around. And uh, so I, I have these sorts of regrets. Anyway, sorry, that was about me. Oh, I'm such a four. <laughs> well, I think uh, 
being adopted is actually very tricky for your Enneagram number and for mine. Because we both kind of have an, uh, a sense that we're not quite worthy of being loved or wanted or needed. And I was adopted by a doctor who, uh, he actually delivered me and then adopted me. And so I grew up in a, in around a privately owned hospital while you were growing up, I believe, around a funeral home. So it's, we have interesting things in common. Yes. But one of the things that I I think happens to adopted children is if people have expectations for how grateful we will be, and it's hard for people who are grateful, who who feel inadequate to be grateful. So I think we have to grow into that. And that's just a story for you and me in the heart triad. But there are stories for every number that have to do with arriving in the world, experiencing wounding, and then trying to build enough personality to get beyond that. Just as a quick summation, I want to just bring, you know, because like you and I know a little bit about the Enneagram, but a lot of listeners may not know. And so let me just go through. And I know there's different Enneagram organizations that specialize in, you know, slightly different ways of doing this. But for the sake of brevity in this uh, uh, interview, let me just fly through this. Number one, the reformer, rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled and perfectionistic. Uh, Number two, the helper, the caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, possessive. Number three, the achiever, the success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. The individualist is number four. That's Tim and I, unfortunately. Sorry, everyone. The sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Interesting how, you know, the withdrawn part of it is not really where I'm at, except when it comes to relationship Uh, issues and problems, and then that's what I do. I withdraw. Uh, The investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. The loyalist is number six, the committed, security-oriented, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Number seven, the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Squirrel. Uh, Number eight, the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, uh, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And number nine, which I think is the type that I may gel with the mostest, real word, uh, is the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Is there anything that you that would, I don't know, would you warn me away from a nine, a peacemaker? No, except that you're both uh, doing repressed, so be hard to get stuff done. The stuff that needs to get done, as opposed to the things that you want to do. Right, 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 right. Um, can is it, Suzanne? Can you say, like, what would be the per, the personality type with the person out with the other personality type that would maybe be potentially the most volatile? Hmm. Uh, well, it would probably be two aggressive numbers. Um, my guess would be seven and eight. So the enthusiast, yeehaw, let's go have, let's go out tonight. Let's have a party. Let's do, let's get people to come on over. The busy, fun-loving, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered with the challenger, the powerful, dominating, self-confident, decisive, willful, and comforted. Totally see that. Totally. Well, they're both feeling repressed. So they don't, they're both, orientation of time for both of them is the future, and they're both feeling repressed. So, when they get into it, they just keep moving forward, and they generally neither one look back to see what the consequences are of uh, volatile behavior. Of of the nine types in the Enneagram, which 
are the types that are maybe the least connected with matters of the heart, naturally least connected. In other words, uh, that's so far down on their list, matters of the heart and communication and intimacy and connection and all that stuff. So far, it's on the list, but it's really far down the list. Three, seven, eight. Well, that was too quick. You really know this stuff. Okay, hold on. Three. Yeah, the achievers. Success-oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, excelling, driven, image conscious. So that stuff's way down on the list for them. They got to get the to-do list done before they can even think about eye contact. What was the other one? Pretty much. Sevens. Sevens. Yeah, the enthusiast. Ooh, yeah, let's do this. Woohoo! All of a sudden, I just sounds like the March, Marx Brothers there. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> spontaneous, versatile, distractible, scattered. And the last one? Eight. The challenger. Okay, so we're back to the uh, to the dominant and the, and the decisive, willful, confrontational. Right. So those three would be really hard for them to get into matters of the heart. Um, right. And the mush bags of the group of the nine. Two, three, four. Two, four for sure. Two and four. So two is the yeah. helper, the caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people pleasing, possessive, and four. Sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. What are the dangers, Suzanne, of typing systems? Oh, that's not even, that's a horrible phrase. Typing things like this. What are the dangers? Um, I think the most dangerous thing about the Enneagram is to uh, type it with a test as opposed to hearing it taught or reading a book about it because you're so often wrong and because it leads you to make uh, incomplete assumptions about other people. But I think after you, if you know the Enneagram well and you're using it, like I teach uh, in hospitals and universities and churches, and if you're using the Enneagram, then the most dangerous thing is to think that it's more than it is. Yeah. And it's great. It's really great. But it's just one uh, wisdom tool that is best when you put it with lots of others. I can also imagine it would be dangerous to try to type other people. I absolutely. Because your Enneagram number is not determined by your behavior. It's determined by motivation for behavior. And you seldom know that about other people. That was good. That was, that was the moment right there. That, that was one of those uh, tweetable moments. Yeah. Um, what what uh, value – no, that's not even the right phrase. What I want to know is the Enneagram – in your world, it's a big thing because you're now teaching it. You're like Miss Enneagram. It sounds like you should have a sachet, you know, a sash, not a sachet, a sash. Um, but I want to know what impact personally it's had on in your in your personal world, in your life, real life stuff. Okay. Well, I've been teaching for 25 years, so we have to start there. Yeah. And in my life, I would say that. Um, it has significantly changed how Joe and I um, live with one another in our marriage. And uh, I'm married to a former Roman Catholic priest who left the priesthood at 40, and I was a single mom. And he and I married, and I had three children, and we had a fourth. And he's been a United Methodist pastor for the last 30 years. And um, he's a nine, and I'm a two, so we're both other-referenced. And uh, we don't either one have really great boundaries. And um, I think we would have given far too much to the community and to the church and to the other 
had we not been aware that we needed to be really careful with priorities. We have four children who range in age now from 30 to 40. They are all four married, and we have seven grandchildren and another one on the way. And it changes how we do almost everything in our family because we've known it for so long. So we um, we offer one another both space and challenge because we understand the different ways of seeing the world. And we hold each other to accountability in ways where our Enneagram numbers are weak, and we celebrate with one another uh, the things that we accomplish in terms of becoming more and more healthy and creating more and more space for other people. Well, I do want to read a little bit about this this book of yours. You know, most of us have no idea how others see or process their experiences, and that can make relationships hard, whether with intimate partners, with friends, or with people that work across the soundboard from you in a radio station. (laughs) He just kissed me. That's gross. (laughs) Understanding the motivations and dynamics of these different personality types can be the key that unlocks sometimes mystifying behaviors in others and in ourselves as well. This book from Suzanne, oh, man, how do you say the last name again? Stabile? I want it to be Stabile. Stabile. Can we just call you Stabile? Stabile. Well, in Italian, it's Stabile. Stabile. Okay. There you go. Uh, Suzanne Stabile on the nine Enneagram types and how they behave and experience relationships will guide readers into deeper insights about themselves, their types, and others' personalities so that they can have healthier, more life-giving relationships. And the reality is that no one is better equipped than the co-author of The Road Back to You with Ian Cron to share the Enneagram's wisdom on how relationships work or don't than Suzanne. I mean, why do sixes seem so intimidated and put off by eights? Actually, I'd like to know the answer to that. Why do sixes, the loyalists, seem so intimidated and put off by the challengers? Well, that's pretty easy. The challengers are bossy boots. Well, sort of. It's always a full circle. So it's always about both numbers, not just one. Oh, okay. Sixes don't trust themselves. And they doubt their own decisions and their own choices. So they are methodical and they move fairly slowly through life and they're the people who if uh, they ask you how you are and you start to tell them they listen Mm. like they stop and listen and they care about the parts of your day that other people wouldn't think are particularly interesting or exciting if they care about you and their uh, way of being in the world with eights is that eights move way too fast they don't think things through and they trust themselves Uh, implicitly, which might not always be the right thing to do. So eights are very impatient with sixes' slowness, and sixes are very uh, uh, concerned about the speed with which eights make big decisions on behalf of themselves and other people. They're probably the farthest apart on the Enneagram in terms of how they approach life. Really? Really? I would have thought a three and a four would be really, really far apart. Well, anytime you talk about the number that's right next to you, then you have some of that behavior. Uh Uh-oh. The numbers next to you are are referred to as wings, and so there's obviously one on both sides. And you uh, you have influence from one of the wings in the first half of life, and then you start to take on some behavior and some influence from the other wing in the second half of life. So uh, if you haven't started taking on three behavior as opposed to just five behavior it's coming 
Oh, no. No, I don't want to be an achiever. I hate achieving. What are, five. What's five? Five is the investigator. Cerebral type. Perceptive, innovative, secretive, isolated. Oh, that's not you. Intense. What? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's got, I got that wing, right? But I, but I yeah, cannot. Wait, wait. What? Yeah, before you guys don't want to do that, let me just tell you who. Thomas Merton was a, Love a him. self-identified four with a five wing. So you see two, three, fours in the heart triad, and five, six, and seven is in the head triad. And when you combine head and heart, then you're very compelling. And that's why Merton's writing is published in every language on the globe. Hold on, you said... Because he had that combination. Okay. okay. So you said two, three, four are in the heart triad. Yep. But the three is not a very hearty kind of... What, what am I doing? You're, you're killing me. Here. I'll explain it to you. Okay, okay. All right. So there are three uh, centers of intelligence that we all operate with. It's like our natural resources, thinking, feeling, and doing. And twos, threes, and fours are feeling dominant. Five, six, and seven are thinking dominant. And eights, nines, and ones are doing dominant. But the core numbers of the Enneagram, three, six, and nine, are dominant and repressed in the same number, which means that threes take in information with feelings, but they don't use feelings to process the information they've taken in. Okay. Wow. My head hurts. Well, because I know people in these categories, and I'm going, oh, yeah. Do you, do you oh, know yeah. them because they've taken the, the yeah, tester? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. so you're not you're not. No, I'm not, I'm not typing them. No, they've typed themselves, and I've gone, yep, yep, right. there it okay. is. Yeah. Yep. So threes are very successful because they can read all the feelings in the room. Our culture loves threes. You know, the United States is probably a three country. I live in Dallas, which is a three city. I don't know about Canada. What number do you guys think Canada would be? We're bronze. We prefer coming third. We're four. Or because we always come in fourth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, But no, let's just keep – we're using numbers, so let's just get the the achiever. By the way, can I just say – oh, sorry. Oh, shut up. You were going somewhere. Yes. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. I'll follow you. No, I, you, I'll stop. You, yeah, but you know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm confused. What? Because I'm a, you... I'm a four, and then two and nine are tied. So I feel like, I mean, like it's like I feel like I'm covering all the categories. So I, I'm finding it very confusing with these triad what? sections and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you took a? Did you take a test? I did. I took. I took the one on online. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to read the road back to you. Oh, that's so confusing. No, it was a shit. It won't be. Yeah. It won't be. You just don't. Remember the conversation about the fact that your Enneagram number is determined by motivation and not by behavior? Okay. Well, those tests and those quizzes can't really measure motivation for nine numbers right. living in nine different ways in the right. world. Right? So two and nine and four have some things in common, but those numbers are very different. Yeah. Okay. I love the fact that it's about the motivation behind things. And, and really, that speaks to taking my ego agenda and giving it a smack upside the head. It forces you to look at your ego agenda, your, your you know, what's your motivation for stuff and, and the selfishness behind things. And it forces you to call BS on a lot of your own game. This Absolutely. is why I love this stuff. Yeah. And you can do it without, um, with, with one exception, ones are, pre- are really hard on themselves. Reformer. Yeah, once you, well, perfectionist is my preferred word. Okay. But once you, um, 
once you kind of get how you see and once you understand the imbalance in each number in terms of thinking, feeling, and doing, then you kind of know what to do to make that better. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, fours are doing dominant. And, um, I mean, fours are feeling dominant. Feeling but yeah. they um, they don't like average feelings. So... Why be sad if you could be really sad? <laughs> <laughs> I love that she chose that instead of the happy. <laughs> and and why be just average happy if you could be really happy? This is the individualist, uh, and this is the, the the category that Tim and I are in. That I'm really right. In. So fours are feeling dominant yeah. and thinking supports feeling. Yeah, and they're doing repressed. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they don't do anything. It means they kind of chase shiny things. <laughs> okay, I don't want to talk to yeah. you anymore, Suzanne. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I know it's only because, well, look, here's the reality. It's my show, um, and I, I just need uh, help understanding certain people uh, okay. when it comes to relationship stuff. So I know someone. This one time at band camp, I know someone who is a peacemaker and, right. and uh, fantastic uh, at that good stuff. But but to, a peacemaker to the point of um, um, uh, how do I say this? Uh, avoid uh, really good at avoiding any 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 real authentic deep deep kind of stuff. Okay. And a four, a four, like I want them to come on and let's get real and let's get, let's talk about stuff and let's get below the surface, let's be authentic. And they're like, well, I'm not sure I want to go there at all, ever. All right. Well, so you each have something to offer the other. So we've talked a lot about fours. Let's talk about nines for yes. a minute. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every number is associated with a sin or a, a, it's also called passion. And it's the seven deadly sins plus two. So the sin or the passion for nines is sloth. And the definition or the understanding of sloth in Enneagram language has to do with uh, an inability uh, or a lack of desire to be affected by life. So nines are put together in a way that they don't rise up with full vitality to engage in life, mm-hmm. and it's because they're trying to protect themselves from being affected by life in ways that they can't manage. And nines have the least energy of all the numbers on the Enneagram because they're boundaried internally and externally. So they try to keep out anything that's going to steal their peace, and they try to keep in anything that's going to cause conflict. And so that could really be good balance for a four, if nines are willing to do the work of uh, really being present and paying attention. One of the things that's true about nines is they miss about a third of what's said. And I'm, that, I'm prone to hyperbole, but that's not hyperbole. I'm prone to hyperbole. And, that's good, yeah. <laughs> but the, the thing about nines not listening is they don't glaze over when they're not listening. So you don't know that they're not listening to you. Uh-huh. And so they miss a lot, and they have to be called to re-engage to that. But, you know, Rizzo and Hudson uh, came up with lost childhood messages and unconscious messages for every number. 
And those two uh, pieces have a lot to do with how people are motivated. And so the unconscious message is a message you picked up in childhood. You don't have to know where you got it. And the lost message is one that you needed but you didn't get. And for nines, the unconscious message is it's not okay to assert yourself. And the lost message is you um, you are valuable and you are wanted. And now that's also the message for twos. But when you when you think about a nine believing that it's not okay for them to assert themselves, while also believing that um, their their presence doesn't matter because that's not the message that they got. Yeah. Well, then they kind of just kick back and don't. Yep. Don't step up to the line very much. This is scary. Stuff, and they man. hate conflict, so everybody kind of likes it that nines are that way. Yep. Yep. Wow. You see, look, if you're listening to this, you know, billion people listening to this show right now. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're you're going what eight nine and you don't know. You know nothing about the Enneagram. You're probably not getting a whole lot of this. I'm telling you, look into this stuff, have a look at it, and then you listen to this conversation again, and you will go, wow. You can't help, at least I'm sorry, it's just me, but when I know a nine, and everything you just said, holy cow, and I know a three, and everything you said, holy cow, and then when it, when, it, when, it's, when it's something, all of a sudden the gun gets pointed at your world, it's like, oh, man, busted. Totally busted, and that is a great place to be when it comes to then moving forward with growth and awareness. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Okay, we are we are. I could go on forever with you, as you could tell, as long as it was about me. Um, Suzanne, <laughs> Suzanne Ste- Stable, no Stabile, Stabile, yeah, author of the Path Between Us: An Enneagram Journey to Healthy Relationships. Kids, this book is coming out in April. You got to get this book. Uh, here's a website you may want to go to. Uh, well, actually, what is the website? Because I've got your Facebook here. By the way, your Facebook page is Enneagram Suze, S-U-Z, or Z as they say in the States. Enneagram Suze, and Enneagram is E-N-N-E-A. That's Latin for nine. Uh, E-N-N-E-A, Gram, Suze. What's your uh, other website? LifeInTheTrinityMinistry.com. There you go. LifeInTheTrinityMinistry.com. Suzanne, what a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Drew. Blessings. Thank you. Bye-bye. I love this stuff. Can you tell?